Diesel Performance Podcast contains explicit language. Hi, I'm Nick with the Diesel Performance Podcast. I have pirated another episode from Paul, and I will be talking about the Outlaw class, which is essentially the uh, bad motherfucker of sled pulling. So, of course, I have Pete Chibby on the episode. Pete, welcome to the show. Thanks, Nick. Yep. And Danny, holding it down. Hey, you know, this is Paul. Um, Paul's deal, and I happen to be the co-host, too. So You are the co-host. Yeah, so. Hey, you can be my co-host today. Sounds good. Appreciate that. I'm glad we worked that out in the air. Pete, because you're our guest today, mm-hmm. and because we're talking about outlaw pulling, and you have some experience with that. Yes, I do. We're going to use you as the expert witness. All right. Tell us your pulling history briefly, please, as it applies to the subject matter. Well, I got started in pulling in 2010 and did it for three, four years and then took a break because I realized how expensive it was. Had to focus on the the grown-up goals. I'm not a dad yet, but, you know, still focus on those things. You know, get some other toys. And it eats money pretty quick. Oh, it? yeah, yeah. Wait I mean, a second. When, when you got when you sold when you got out of Poland, then I saw you were into snowmobiles and you know everything else. Oh so no, yeah, I got a lot of other toys. You're aside a seasonal from jumper. No, not necessarily. I mean, I still have all those toys, and I'm back into pulling again now. I mean, isn't you. the real reason you got out of sled pulling because you rolled your truck? No, that was my first pull truck that uh, I rolled. Okay. So the second one that I built ran that for a year. Okay. I in what class? That was two five, and I had really good luck with that truck. And the way the season ended with just tons of first-place finishes, I thought it would be better to sell it, running perfect, nothing was broken. I barely broke anything all season because I knew probably the following season it would probably get very expensive very quick. That was a grown-up decision. Well, and what sucks is that truck that I sold, the guy that – the first guy that it went to was in Indiana, and he did two seasons on it, and it was top five truck, and now it's – I don't know, Kentucky or something, and it's still out running. Same engine in it and everything. Running the 2.5 setup. Uh-huh. You're talking about the gray one? The GMT, yeah. Yep. So this is a stick shift 2002-ish. Yeah, three. Nose, right? yep. 2003. Yep. 2.5. The one we were just under 900 with. Yeah. 840, 870, whatever. I don't remember specifics. Yep. But cool. All right. So we talk about a 2.5 truck. We have a rules package. Absolutely. The rules state... Blah, blah, blah around the turbocharger. And uh, opening can only be 2.5 with so much map width enhancement groove. You get uh, unlimited fuel system, right? Uh, back then, it was single pumps. Single pump. And now they've allotted to duels. Okay. So we have a rule around fuel system. We have a rule around weight, 8,000 pounds, hitch height, tire, a bunch of other little shit for safety. Yeah, axle size, you know. Sure. Sure. Uh, factory axles. So... Why have the rules, man? This is pulling. This is like, this is a grudge sport. Mm-hmm. Gentlemen, what do the rules drive at? What's the point? Keep the cheaters out. Keep the cheaters out. Spoken like a true driver. Well, that's the biggest thing with truck pulling is you're given a set of rules and you got to find how you can bend and flex those rules to be the front runner. Now we're but, getting somewhere. But still, when, you know, a tech looks at your truck, you know, they can look at it and say, you know, well, theoretically, it does meet the rules, not how they had intended them to be met, but it does meet them. You know, I mean, back, they've outlawed these turbos, turbos now, but when 2.5 was coming about... You would grab a 
S475 off the shelf, put a billet wheel in it, and then they would just weld a 2.5 ring in the compressor cover and basically call it a 2.5 charger. And okay. that's how we were 850 plus horse. So if I made the argument that the 2.5 rules class advanced the technology of map with enhancement grooves, I'd say that's a reasonable reasonable progression, right? So Absolutely. And it also advanced the technology of CP3 pumps. Absolutely. Because we couldn't run dual fuelers. So when you put rules in place, you advance the technology those rules are built around. We agree on that? Absolutely. Okay. Mm-hmm. So outlaw class. There's no fucking rules, man. No hanging weights in the front. Hey, you know, actually, they do have a pretty well-structured rule set up for them. Walk me through it. But more or less, the rules are intended to keep pulling trucks out of this class. This class was designed with the main uh, goal that, you know, say a, a guy has an LBZ and his factory turbocharger, the veins were sticking up in it. Instead of, you know, having it rebuilt, he went and put, you know, a 3794 Power Max in it or something, which is not a stock turbo anymore. Okay. A guy puts a 4094 in it, whatever he puts in it. Most drop-in chargers are not 2.5 legal or to where you could pull work stock with it or, okay. you know, some of them aren't even 2.6 legal. So you have a guy that has maybe a 575-horse truck with a built trans and a, a lift pump on it. And they're trying to put him in a class of trucks that are 1,000-plus horse. Which so, class would that be? You know, like, let's, let's, let, yeah, let's say 2.5 or 2.6 or, okay. or whatever. Okay. Um, so this class was designed that, you know, anything under the hood goes. I mean, you okay. could have twin turbos, triple turbos, you know, the biggest single that they – you could put an HX60 single on it, um, unlimited, you know, fuel pumps, uh, air-to-water intercooler if you felt the need. Sure. Um, you know, I mean, it pretty much anything goes. The rules limit you, though, on how you can put that power to the ground, and that's what keeps the pull trucks out of this class. Okay. Single rear wheel truck, 35-inch tire only. If it's a dually, it has to have factory-sized tires on it. Okay. Um, now, a lot of the newer Fords weigh in at over 8,000 pounds dry nowadays, and, and even the newer uh, GM trucks and the Dodges are getting heavy now. Um, so they have a rule. 8,000 pounds, 26-inch hitch height. You're given up to 9,000 pounds with no added weight, but you have to run a 24-inch hitch. So if you showed up in your truck, you know, you're, you say you had an F350 dually and it weighed 8,600 pounds, you don't have any weight in the truck that, you know, they can find or anything yeah. like that, then you're allowed to run that weight. You just have to run two inches lower on the hitch. This sounds like a tech guy's dream. I mean, doesn't have to pop the hood, doesn't have to put a slug in a turbocharger, doesn't even have to know what a CP3 pump looks like. Really, you have to be able to use a tape measure. Take the gum out. Oh, sorry, guys. Yeah, it's like prison here. You're not allowed to chew gum. Uh It annoys the listeners. (laughs) My bad. (laughs) Um, You know, I won't say necessarily that it's a tech guy's dream because there's, you know, they still have to look for guys that are trying to bring in, you know, I'll say that we've already had guys that, you know, are, are trying to bend the rules a little bit on the driveline side of things. You know, we show up with a 1,200-horse truck. The biggest thing for us is we can't put that power to the ground. We do a 63-mile-an-hour burnout off the rev limiter the entire way down the track, and it's all driver control on how far we go with that. Um, you know, you bring a guy in that, you know, 
stacks his truck up with 9,000 pounds of weight underneath the seats and stuff like that where a tech's not going to find them. And let's say it's a factory dually truck. Um, you know, there's where you could still build an outlaw pull truck if you wanted to, to dominate the class, you know, it's law class. Absolutely. So, I mean, I'll, you know, it's, it's actually a really cool spread because, you know, there's a few guys in the front of the class that are, you know, in that 1200 horse range. And then there's guys that are six, 700 horse. And sometimes they're pretty close behind us. Um, Yeah. I mean, I think Danny put the clean sweep in front of you last round. Oh, that would be because I broke. Oh man, shit happens. Yeah. I broke a lot of stuff. Jason was not (laughs) pleased. (laughs) Let's talk about the truck. You mentioned Worley. Um, clearly, you're affiliated with WC Fab. You have their shirt on, and you collect a paycheck there. Mm-hmm. You're driving the WC Fab truck down the track. Tell me about this beast. What is the Outlaw truck? Um, the Outlaw truck is um, one out of Jason's personal collection that he has. Uh, it's an O2 LB7. Um, it was the former uh, triple everything truck, uh, okay. triple turbos, triple CP3s. Um, we sold the triple turbo setup off of it. It wasn't uh, probably the most efficient setup, uh, three S400s. Uh, it was a blast to drive, but it, it was a little slow slow to spool, and you kind of had to pedal the truck around to get it up and going. Sure. Uh, so we switched over to a, uh, a new twin setup. It's an S483 uh, SXE charger uh, over a precision 118 millimeter okay. uh, low pressure charger. Um, 150% over injectors from Exergy, uh, triple stock CP3 pumps. Um, we've got an individual runner intake manifold on it, obviously a fully built motor, forged yep. pistons, rods, girdle. Um, you know, it's still an Allison truck, so it's got a you know fully built five speed in it. Yep. Um, yeah, and it's the Dana 60 swap truck, so that threw a little bit of a... So it's got a solid front axle in it. Yep. So that kind of threw a little bit of a... I don't know what to call it. Curveball? Yeah, curveball at us because, uh, you know, a Dana 60 may be a much stronger setup, but it takes a little bit more to fine dial a truck like that in on the track. Yeah, they don't really grab the track as well as an IFS Absolutely correct, yeah. It's, uh, you know, we're finding some weak links with it now. Um, but we're working through it and, and getting it dialed in and hoping that we can stay out front with it. So earlier you told me that this class was designed for a guy who puts a drop-in turbocharger on or who's just doesn't fit the stock class and doesn't fit the 2.5 class where there's 1,000-horse trucks. And now you're telling me that that 575-horse power truck has to compete against you guys at 1,200-horsepower. Mm-hmm. So well, and keep in mind, I just made that more of an as an example. Um, you know, I mean, all the guys that have put twin turbos on their trucks. You know, say a guy has an LMM and puts a four seventy five over stock. He on a good day on stock injector pump, you know, will make five hundred and eighty rear wheel horsepower, yeah. which is probably no better than what the guy with the thirty seven ninety four he needs a class to pull into. Mm-hmm. And obviously, there's plenty of built motor street trucks that want to pull that have chargers that aren't legal too. So it was kind of a a funnel class. Yeah. Where can all these guys go that don't have a stock truck or a a two five work stock truck, uh, a two six truck. Where can they all go? And, and that's where this class, you know, was generated. And you know, it's just it's a run what you brung. It's a true run what you brung class. Um, you know, like I said, the rules are there more or less to keep out the guys with the pulling trucks, the guys that you know are gonna cut a you know an inch off their solid suspension shafts because you have to have an inch of travel. Sure. So you can't bring in a truck that has one leaf spring. 
um, and, you know, just cut yep. your suspension stops, it wouldn't work. Um, you know, there's, it's just things like that, you know, full factory interior and whatnot. And, and that was our biggest thing is, you know, you get a, a guy that has a good running sled truck, he's going to want to try to find a way to, you know, make more money. I mean, that's what us sled pullers do. When you get $150 for first place and you got a truck that costs you $150 just to run it for 10 seconds, you know, you got to find every way you can to make a little money on the weekends. So, I mean, the hustle's real. You're not going to sit here and tell me that sled pullers are pulling for the money. I'm not listening to that. <laughs> Back in 10 when I got started pulling with the LB7 I had, I would go to three pulls a weekend. I would find one Friday night, find one Saturday if not two Saturday, and then if there wasn't two on Saturday, I'd go do on Sunday too. I would be in, you know, down by, you know, Whirlies on a on a Friday night, and then I'd be up in northern Wisconsin on a Saturday. He's not lying. I pulled against him in many of those weekends. Yeah, it's, you know, it's a strong addiction. I mean, it's, I don't know what is so cool about truck pulling. I mean, it's just a lot of fun, I guess, is what I get to. I'm with you. I mean, and it's a it's a crowd perspective too. So, I, what I want to get at, kind of, is what is how does this outlaw class drive the sport forward? What I'm picking up from you is it's fun to drive the truck. As a driver, you think it's a pretty fucking badass class. Um, keeps the sled pullers out. So street trucks. So we're advancing street tr- street truck technology. That's awesome. I like that. Um, you know what what is who is the winner in this class? Well, the crowd. I think it's an awesome show. Oh, yeah. 1,200 horsepower truck spinning the tires 60 miles an hour down the track. Sounds like a lot of fun to watch, honestly. Especially when you maybe break stuff at the end. Everybody's breaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So, sorry, Jason. I know that comes out of your pocketbook, but <laughs> I'll comes, watch the video. Comes with it. Comes with the territory, right? Um, so you broke driveline parts. You want to come back next week and win. So we're advancing driveline and chassis technology. And we're not limiting horsepower output. So we're advancing the technology of turbocharging and fuel by allowing you to do pretty much whatever creativity in that realm, mm-hmm. right? Like, where else can you put a 118-millimeter charger on and actually go compete with it? Mm-hmm. Drag strip, maybe? I don't know. We don't have too many events like that around here. But uh, what are the natural limits, man? I mean, when does... when? Did, 1,600, 2,000 horsepower, 2,500 horsepower? I mean, when... When do we get to the point where there's some other something else intervenes that is not the tech? Well, right now what we're looking at is, uh, you know, we log the truck every time we pull it and we review the logs. And the biggest thing that we find with all these bigger trucks is if they don't break something, uh, traction's the issue. So now we're trying, you know, and and like I said, this class has very minimal rules, but you know we're limited to 35 inch tall tire theoretically uh, with some grace in that. Um, So now we're looking into how do we make the chassis grab the ground better? You know, if we can only do so much with tires, we already have a 35, 1250 tire on it. We're running an all-terrain. If we switched over to something like a mud grappler, like we put on the big trucks, uh, that's going to further break even more stuff. So we're, we're kind of fighting two battles at one time. You know, what can we do to get the truck to stick to the ground? But at the same token, we're putting so much power through a stock driveline, uh, you know, that it's, you know, this is the power level where you don't break axle shafts. You break the, you know, you spin the axle housing around in the tubes. Right. Um, you know, things like that. Um, it's just crazy power. Yeah. You're ripping drive shafts apart, even if they are heavy-duty drive shafts. Mm-hmm. Um, 
there's just, you know, so much that we have to work with. And uh, at the same token, there's, you know, we brought out a truck that already had a lot of power, gave it even a little more power. And now it's like, okay, we actually probably should back this power down a little bit and we would probably do better. I'm with you. So, I mean, that was going to go to my next line of questioning is what do you think is, you know, what is the power level where if you have a truck that's hooked up in this class, a single tire, 3512 pull truck. I mean, what is the natural limit of this truck power-wise? Is 800 horsepower I think the ceiling? <laughs> from what I've looked at and what I've noticed, you know, because I, when I go to a, a sled pull, uh, I spectate a lot. You know, of that's course, my, yeah. my big thing is that's I like job. to, you know, I'll step away from, you know, my buddies and stuff and, and the beer and, and I'll go sit by the track and actually look at the track and kind of watch how the track shapes up throughout the day of the pull. Uh, you learn a lot by watching other people pull. You know, if you watch and you see, a lo- okay, a lot of guys are, you know, it's a really sticky track and a lot of guys are breaking, coming right out of the hole, right as they're getting the front of the pan up on the sled, they're snapping stuff. So then you have to look at, okay, it's a sticky track. I should probably roll the truck out of the hole instead of just mash mm-hmm. it, go balls to the wall, because that's when you break stuff. Yep. Um, so, you know, like I said, I'm constantly watching stuff like that and trying to learn how can I drive the truck better, because back when I first started sled pulling and I had a 540 horse truck, I was pulling in a 2.6 class with it and I was actually doing pretty well with it. And it was all in how well I set the truck up based off of what I saw and watched. So setup goes a long way. Absolutely. You know, that's one of the biggest things I've learned is, you know, and even when I go to these polls, you know, you were talking horsepower. Uh, it's kind of cool to watch, you know, some of these trucks that we know are 700 horse, 750 horse. You know, they, they actually do climb up on our tail pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think one thing that helps is their stock motor trucks. They don't have the revs that we do. Uh, so that kind of keeps the tire spinning to somewhat of a minimum, whereas, you know, his tires might be spinning, you know, he might be going on the track, spinning the tires 10 miles an hour faster than how, you know, his actual ground speed. Uh, He's not going down the track at 24 miles an hour and looking at his log and seeing that his tires are doing 63 miles per hour. Yeah. Because that's not really doing a whole lot. That's a different story. Mm -hmm. Have they threatened to put more, you know, it seems like every time one of these classes starts, starts as... You know, like All you said, fun and games. a 575 horse class for fun and games, and then the the butt hurt creeps in, right? Mm-hmm. And then the rules creep in. And has there been a threat of uh, a threat of rules? Um, you know, to be honest with you, I've noticed they they are looking a little more when they tech the trucks. You know, they, there's not a whole lot to tech. That's the big thing. Um, but the the guidelines that we do have, we need to make sure that everyone's following them. You know, mm-hmm. we've had people that show up and they weigh 9,400 pounds on the scale. And, you know, I mean, I understand you're given a grace there. Um, but It's a uh, pretty big difference between 8,000 pounds I, I and I don't know many one-ton pickup trucks that roll off the factory floor, uh, you know, that way that much. Yeah. Even if you did add another turbo and another fueler under the hood and a lift pump. Sure. So, uh, you know, that's the biggest thing is we just got to make sure that everyone's playing fair. That's what makes it fun and, and competitive. Uh, you know, when you go out and the guy that beats you beats you fair and square, that's okay with me because I know that I have more work I can do to my truck or maybe I made a mistake driving the truck. Yeah. Uh, you know, when the guy beat me uh, and I knew that, you know, hey, he was cheating, he was overweight or, you know, he was, you know, if it was a, a sanctioned turbo class, he had, a, you know, a, a turbo that wasn't meeting the rules. You know, then you go home pissed off and, and it makes it not fun. Uh, whereas this class, the idea behind it is, you know, let's have some fun and just break everything and anything we can. <laughs> 
you know Worley's going to listen to this, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, he well, knows. <laughs> he knows yeah, he sees coming. the truck sitting on the lift. <laughs> so, how many times have you broke it this year? I mean, is it? Um, you know, the first, the second hook of the year, we had uh, actually an electrical problem with the truck. Okay. Um, it had a Jason at some point in time back when that truck was a true daily driver. Uh, had a high idle switch in it, and the switch shorted out, and uh, it stuck it in high idle mode. Been and there. You yep. won't you won't rev over twenty two hundred. So I'm yep. sitting on the line, and the things, you know, it's got a three thousand style converter in it, and I normally bring it up to around twenty six hundred or so. And once you get there, the turbos they light so fast, it, it pretty much you know takes the truck out from underneath you, and yep. you don't even need to hold it anymore. Um, so, you know, we had that problem. And aside from that, you know, it's been good. It runs really nice. It's a really clean running truck. Actually, you'd probably be very proud of I it. I saw the videos. I um, was very you know, proud of it. It yeah. is. It is a badass. And, and we haven't even had the truck retuned since we put the uh, uh, twins on it. So the end result goal is to bring it down and dyno it. But at the same time, me and Jason have discussed multiple times that we're so scared that it may break a crankshaft because, you know, it still is the original LB7 crank in that truck. Those things are unbreakable. Oh, I beg to differ. <laughs> After seeing some brand new ones snap. Yeah, I know. So. Right. I'm with you. Understandable. Well, get that data log over to Nick. What are you doing? I've been sending them over to Bob. Bob's been checking them out. Nick's a busy man nowadays. He's hard to get a hold of. Bob can handle it. I True got an story. LB7 factory turbocharger in the bed of my truck that needs to. Appreciate that. So when you say 63 miles an hour, are you guys running fifth gear? Nope, fourth gear. So your fourth, you got stock yep. gears, and it's still with the big tires. Uh, it has four tens in it, four eleven. If you want to get okay, that seems like a really high mile an hour. I have to check that out. Mm, well, it, it goes down the track. You know, generally about forty three to forty four hundred RPMs. We've seen forty six <laughs> out of it. Wow, uh, it's built to handle it though, yeah. so it's yeah. not hurting the truck and going down. You know. Jason has a, a wide array of gauges in there on top of the data logs, so we can monitor things pretty pretty closely and see what uh, you know where we're at and if we're going to hurt the truck or not. Awesome. So, I mean, you know, that's my biggest thing is I have been pulling for a while, so I I tend to you know peep at things every once in a while, and I do look at my logs to make sure that the truck's doing what it needs to do. Yeah, well, it's I mean, it's it's good that you guys are doing it. It's good that you're collecting data. It's good that you're learning from it. Um, I feel like that's a that's what it's about. That's part of the part of the fun of it is making changes every weekend, getting back out there, mm-hmm. testing it, running it again, um, and the same with the stock class. You know what I mean? It's why do you look at me when you say stock class? <laughs> you've been running the clean sweep, man. You've been getting log files. You've been you know a lot of the stuff that Pete's saying translates well, I think, to that class too. It's you're it's out there for fun in, in any class Anything, yeah. truck pulling. You know, I mean, all the big trucks that you know we build, those all get data logged every weekend. And we look back on that because, you know, if the truck's running down the track and maybe it does have a hiccup or a spit and sputter and then it cleans back out again uh, and the truck runs fine, if you're not running a log, how do you know what happened? Yeah, I mean, you, you, know, did you don't you know what happened. Did you have a connection that a was loose of... somewhere or did you lose rail pressure for a second? Sure. Just, yeah, that just takes all the what-ifs out of the equation. Exactly. Yeah. I love uh, hearing the driver's story of what happened on the track and then looking at the data log and just mm-hmm. – it gives you a really <laughs> good appreciation for the human memory. Absolutely. Or lack of appreciation for the human memory. But, uh, yeah, it's cool. So what's uh, what's next What's next year? What's so, I mean, where does this thing go? You know, right now it's crazy how 
popular this class is getting. Every, I see that. Every weekend, there's a lot of guys we, Every weekend we go out, uh, there's some new trucks that show up, and there's some new trucks that may only be 500 horse, and there's, you know, new trucks that are 1,000-horse trucks coming out, and there's guys that are traveling three to four hours to get to these po- these poles, and I think it's going to become a really big thing. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the biggest thing for us is, uh, you know, i got to convince Jason to build a dually. Um Take the drive line out of that truck. That's the competitive. Uh, yep. That's the competitive advantage. So if you're going to start from scratch, you'd build a dually. Yeah, I, you know, I mean, there's no uh, wheelbase limit or anything like that. Crew cab long bed dually. Okay. Um, definitely. Just the ugliest. Yeah, I mean, a hideous work truck that was bought on Craigslist for four <laughs> grand. Uh, you know, something like that would be perfect. Yeah, you talk Jason to swap the drive line from his O2 in that. Absolutely, I'm but sure leave be all solid for that. axle in that truck. He likes that too much. And yeah, I'm perfectly okay with IFS. No, that's cool. I see a lot more guys uh, edging toward that, and, it, and it's nice because when you build a street, when you build a street truck or a high horse street truck, a lot of times you also want to pull with it, mm-hmm. and just to get you know to try it. Yeah, exactly. And see who how wants to build a two six truck for the street? Like it's exactly, just not and, that, that cool. and that's the biggest thing is you know. Five years ago, a 2.6 truck was at a, a power level where it was still streetable yeah. and competitive. And, and now we're at power levels where, you know, we need axles that are very yeah, large you're talking about 1,200-horse class Absolutely. Um, on average and $5,000 turbochargers that you don't want to drive on the street because if you cough one, that's a bad day for everybody. They, mm-hmm. and they don't drive very well. Yep. Um, so I think this class really has some potential. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I'm excited about it. Well, anyway, thank you for coming and chatting with us. And uh, if anybody wants to see more about the Outlaw class, feel free to check out the YouTube stuff. Or I think there's videos of the polls on uh, Worley's face, uh, Facebook page. I, I don't know, honestly, if there's any on there. If not, I'll have to make sure we get some. You will have to up. make sure that you get some. Yeah, the uh, right now the Outlaw class is uh, mid- Midwest truck and tractor pullers, and they're based out of southern Wisconsin. And they kind of go, you know, all over the place in the southern part of Wisconsin. Wisconsin, Northern Illinois. Uh, we're going to have, supposed to have one pole here in Illinois, actually, not far from here. Have to hit you up for some sponsorship on that one. Oh, yeah. You know, I love to do that. Oh, yeah. Very good, man. Well, thanks for coming again. I'm Dan- Danny Voss. Pete Shibby. Thanks, buddy. Catch yep. you next time. I'm Nick, the Diesel Performance Podcast. Calibrated Power Solutions, the leading North American developer of clean diesel power and home of DuramaxTuner.com, is the proud sponsor of the Diesel Performance Podcast. Calibrated Power develops emissions-equipped tunes for a wide variety of diesel powertrains, including the Duramax, Cummins, Jeep, John Deere, and many more. For more information and the best customer service in the industry, check out CalibratedPower.com or call 815-568-7920. That's 815-568-7920. To reach out to the Diesel Performance Podcast, send us a message through Facebook or email Paul at DuramaxTuner.com or Danny at DuramaxTuner.com. Really, you have to be able to use a tape measure. Take the gum out. Oh, sorry, guys. Yeah, it's like prison here. You're not allowed to chew gum. Uh The noise to listen. (laughs) My bad. (laughs) Um,